Hello, dear listener, and welcome again to another Our Show of Shows podcast. This is one of those days where we are placing a show uh, that was spotlighted last week, so you can listen to a full episode this week. Last week, we talked about Bob and Ray, and this week, you're going to be listening to a very early episode of Bob and Ray. This is a 1949 episode. They were still in Boston at the time. This is before the big time in New York. They are still very raw. They're still doing a lot of uh, experimenting of their characters and the voices. So you can get a lot of the early impressions of Bob and Ray. Later on, of course, I mean, they have a panoply of just all sorts of characters and um, bits and, and world building that just goes on and on. But everyone's, most everyone's heard some of that. I wanted you guys to hear some of the earlier stuff that maybe you haven't heard before. So sit back and enjoy. Gotta learn oh, yeah. the time a little better. Uh, there, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that lonesome gal's face. I know why she's lonesome. There's a kisser that would you better learn how to time her program better than she did that one there, too. Uh, I'll speak, speak with her after. Speak to the lonesome producer, Mr. Kelly, along with her. <laughs> but good afternoon, friends, and welcome. We'd like to invite you all to the WHDH picnic at Nantasket Beach this afternoon. Bring your own lunch and uh, steam claps. Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. Uh, Bill is way in the corner today. He's been a bad boy, and I think he's going to stay there for a long time. Look, friends, we have made a few changes in the studio. Doesn't it sound different? Doesn't it sound different? Doesn't it sound different? Doesn't it sound different? Hey, doesn't it sound different? We're trying to get rid of the echoes. Echoes, echoes, echoes. So, fortunately, we have. Have, have. So, seriously, what we've done is this. This, this. We have put the organ at one end of the studio. Studio. Over near the open window, where we can help Ken out. Help Ken out. And, uh, <laughs> towards, towards the rear, the rear of the studio, studio, studio we, have we have Bill Green. Bill Green. Bill, can you hear me back, back there? Hello! Woo! Hello! And, uh... And, uh... And, um... The, uh... The, um, the, the desk. desk. You see, Bob, you see Bob and I... And I we sit, we sit here, here in a large, large walnut, walnut desk, desk that is engraved beautifully, beautifully as an expensive, an expensive antique, antique item. item. We'd like to let this go for five dollars. Five dollars? Five dollars? The Echo didn't even go for that. Well, really, uh, we're way down at the front of the studio now where we look at nothing but the door. We have our noses pressed right to the control room glass. And uh, it's an awful sight in there. Charlie Gargoyle is back at the controls <laughs> in his own inimitable manner. I don't like to surprise you at all, Charlie, but there's snow falling in that control room. Yeah, close the uh, skylight. Or skylight. Skylight. Is that what it is? That's what well, it is. Well, anyway, it's to make hasty exits when bill collectors come. Bill collectors come. Come, bill collectors. Uh-oh, I knew this would happen. Green is walking the long mile from the piano down here. Get a little exercise. Why don't you sit on the other side of this microphone so I don't have to look at the back of your head? Uh, uh, you're better off that way, Green. No, it's the way it's been arranged. Not over here. It wouldn't make any difference if I sat over there, would it, Charlie? All right, so that's what I'll do, Bill. I think I'll uh, recognize that. And move the microphone over there. <laughs> the floor recognizes Bill Green and his suggestion. Oh, what a face. We recognize it, but we try to forget it. Well, that's beside the point. What we're here to mention is that we hope that you've all got your, your records. You should have them uh, real soon, at least tomorrow or the day after. They all have been mailed out, that's right. They're all 14 mailed, boys. Yeah. yeah. They all, they've all, all made mail. the trip, I hope. Bill, how long does it take you to walk from here down to the piano now? Now. 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 Huh? 
Notice we have a Confederate soldier in our midst today. Is that a Confederate soldier? Either that or a mailman. I guess maybe he's a mailman, huh? I don't know. I suppose so. And uh, in true fashion, the mail is getting through. Sure, even on snowy, stormy days like today. That's right. Believe me, this is a real snowy day, too. Well, the flakes are getting larger here in Boston, I'm happy to report, and that's usually a sign it's going to stop. It is, at that. The flakes are pretty, pretty big right now. Mm-hmm. But it's probably, uh, say, north of here a few miles, say up my neck of the woods, it's probably coming down the size of California peas, sure. which means it will snow until next Friday. Say, I just had a call while you were uh, not around here in the last half hour from uh, Irving Gutland, who runs the music nook out there. Never heard of him. He said after his plug yesterday, he had 10 or 15 calls, several sales. Now, look, friends, that isn't what we want. No, no. That's not what he's with us for. What is he with us for, Bob? Near goodwill. Oh, Sure. He doesn't want to sell anything. No. Don't you believe us? The mere sure fact does, that he stocks all those music items, that's secondary. The main Besides thing the point, certainly. Goodwill is the big thing. And here's goodwill now. Hello, everybody. Hi, Will. Hello. What have you been doing on this snowy December I've day? been snuggling the show along the sidewalk. Been what? Snuggling the, or show, snuggling the show a little ah. bit. You weren't here for rehearsal, so I can... Oh, and I'm talking about my glasses, too, and I'm reading upside down, as you can gather. Well, of course, those are pretty important points here in this little game called radio. (laughs) How does this little game called radio come out? Who wins? Well, uh, we win as long as we have things like Arthur Godfrey doing things like this on our program. Sure. Chesterfield satisfy women and men. Chesterfield over and over again. Milder, much milder, all smokers agree. Always by Chesterfield's ABC. Now I'll just put down my ukulele and say again that I think this is the best radio program on the air on any independent station or any network. You don't have to say that to us, Arthur. It's all right. We we know it, Art. Sure. Well, I just wanted you fellas to know that's all. Well, thanks a lot. You gonna sing anything today? Well, we had made a few elusive plans. Yes. We hadn't really decided on anything, Devin. I thought, Ray, we might work out an arrangement on Johnson Rag if we got the words and the music someday. Well, it's something to think about. Sir. It's one of my favorite songs, fellas, too. Jack, uh, Jack Teeter and his Sturdy uh, brought that back. Didn't well, they, they brought it back with a big bang. Sure, Jack Teeter. But, uh... I can remember that Johnson Rag, <coughs> excuse me, when Russ Morgan made a recording of it a long time ago, yeah. with no words, but now no. everyone wants words to it. Well, Jack Lawrence added the words to that great song. Of course, he wrote the original melody, too. He did, huh? He and Franz Leha. That's so. I didn't know they had gotten together on that, but it's nice to know it. <laughs> well, she. Well, I guess you don't need me anymore, fellas, huh? You're right. You're so <laughs> right, sir. <laughs> <coughs> what do you do with your old ties, Arthur? Well, I've been I have been going without neckties lately, you know. Oh, you have? That's right. You've gone sturdily. I like to come in kind of uh, informal, indi- informally and independently. What do you mean by that? Well, I got to catch a plane back to New York, fellas. I'll see you. I've got a late bulletin for you. There'll be no planes this afternoon. At least I wouldn't think so. Yeah, well, I don't know. Start walking right away. Then. Yeah, I would presume as much. Mm. Why don't we have a song? Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for asking me, Bob. Okay. Uh, I'd like to sing a little thing here. No, I meant Ken and Bill. I thought maybe oh. I'd like to play something. Oh, that's different. Bill!
that piano were where it used to be, I would have been playing it today. I just thought of that. Boy, that's right. As a matter of fact. But not nearly so well as Bill Green. Well, uh, we have to get our cars registered for the new year pretty soon, I suppose. Yes, I've taken care of that. So have I, as a matter of fact. And I was noticing, you know, they have on the back of that... Or some, some insurance companies enclose a little diagram for you in case you get involved in a sturdily. Where the sticker goes, That's you That's why I never get into accidents. I cannot draw, uh, draw diagrams of what happened. Mm -hmm. You I, know what, what Jerry Lewis says? No. He always brings his car in town so he'll have it there for accidents. <laughs> See, that's a very good and convenient can't, idea. can't leave it home. He's got to have it for him, have it with him for accidents. That's right. I never thought of that. But I cannot draw those diagrams. You would be right handy if... If uh, you drove into a, a bus or something, Bob, you can draw so well. Oh, I'm a good diagram drawer. Well, if I In fact, ever... my brother is a good artist, too. There's a pair of drawers in our family. You think so? That was me. Elliot did that. Well, that's okay. You go ahead and say it. I'll read the Herald. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Now it's time for our sterling new feature, Lawrence McGaffigan, Cop. <laughs> combined brains of the big city metropolis police force have been put together to track down a dangerous criminal wave. What's Make that read a dangerous criminal gang. So far, little progress has been made, and just this morning, the Big Town Metropolis jewelry store was held up. $30,000 worth of jewels were stolen, including $2 in zircons. The police force is at its wit's end, and we open our scene in the inspector's office. No, the mayor's office. In the mayor's office. In the mayor's office. Demanding action from the police commissioner. Hey, now, look, commissioner. Yeah? We, uh, we've had this here crime wave, and I demand action. Well, I don't know just exactly what I could do. There's a nephew of mine on the police department, a Lawrence McGaffigan, who's never been given a chance to prove what he can do. By George, Mayor, I think you found the solution. Why don't you turn the whole thing over to Lawrence McGaffigan, cop? Right, Mayor, that's what we need, action. Now, organ. Oh, oh never mind. Are you I'll following hum. the script, Wilson? I'll hum. <laughs> Our scene shifts crosstown now to Big City Metropolis Police Headquarters. It's a few minutes later as the commissioner walks into his office. Like Moonlight. Does anybody know that? Roses bring wonderful memories of you. It's a few minutes later now as the police commissioner returns to his office, pounds on the table, and demands action. I demand action here. Miss Miller? Yes? Get me Officer McCafferty, please. All right. McCafferton. McCafferton? Put your shoes on and come in. The commissioner wants to talk with you. We've got to track down this dangerous criminal gang. I Hello, demand action. Hello, Commissioner. Hello, McCafferton. You want me see? Yes, we have decided to put you on this case of tracking down this dangerous band of criminals. What have they been doing? They've been robbing jewelry stores and what all. <laughs> yeah, boy. Well, well, what don't do stand there, McGaffigan. Get out stand and do here something. Holding my hat in my hand. Put your uniform on. Get out and track down these criminals. Oh. We have nothing to work on except that they've held up several places. Okay, I'll go right to work on it. I'll put my head to the grindstone. What I want here, McGaffigan, is action. 
All right. You go. McGaffigan, with very little to work on, particularly little brains, starts out in his relentless pursuit of this gang of criminals. We see him walking his beat in one of the tougher districts of town. Well, I'm kind of scared down here alone. I, I wish the commissioner would give me an assistant. Night falls. McGaffigan is now at Pier 27. B-O-B-O. In his brain, McGaffigan can hear words. Two is four. Four and four is eight. McGaffigan, we've got to track down this ten dangerous... Ten and eleven. Friend of criminals and ten and ten eight eleven. It's thirteen. You've got to track down these criminals, McGaffigan. You've got to make yourself something on the force. What are you now? Just a plain cop? I'll always be a plain cop unless I get out and do something. I'll always be a plain cop unless you get out and do something. I've always been dumb. I've always been dumb, life. McGaffigan. Why don't you get out and do something? You're going to prove to me that I ain't dumb, that I'm brilliant. You're going to prove you're brilliant, not dumb. I'm going to jump that river and go in But Officer McGaffigan didn't jump in that river. He was pushed. After they got him out, McGaffigan got his first hot tip. Ow! I'll be smiling, boy, in the third race. Okay, thanks. A week later, no progress said. It's lunchtime here around the breakfast table. (laughs) We'll have to hold this off until tomorrow. Incidentally, do we get overtime for eating lunch at the breakfast table? I don't know. We do not. Well, it's I was just getting interested in that play, though. I'm sorry. We'll have to hold it over till tomorrow. It's much the same time. What kind of a sandwich is that? Bob, do you have a poem book you could read? Well, I I eat. I have nothing, but I think we have a commercial that's supposed to go just about here and now. All right. If he's willing to play it, we'll see. I haven't had friends. Open the magic door. This is the magic toy shop. We're busy as can be. Making toys for girls and boys. Where am I? Why, New England doll, a novelty. But where did you come from? I'm just a little girl, and I peeked in to see where Santa Claus gets all his toys. <laughs> Why, at New England doll, a novelty. Oh, look at them all. There's bikes and skates, carts and clocks, crayon slates, building blocks, choo-choo trains, airplanes, games and sleds, dolls and beds. Why, there's any toy your heart desires. At New England Doll and Novelty. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, the same thing wouldn't happen, Ray, if we opened that magic door. What? I say the same thing wouldn't happen. We open that magic door... We have a sound effect man open it to be a, a squeak, which we don't have. Squeak. The door would open and we'd hear, How do you do? But anyway, the New England Dollar Novelty Company at 174 Washington Street, Boston, has been known as the house of a million items for over 30 years. And you'll find Boy, a tremendous... Good. If they haven't sold one of those million items in 30 years, they better close up. But you'll find a tremendous selection of toys at exceptional prices. Mrs. I'd like to take time out to thank Hayes and Dickens for getting together on this little sandwich. It's wonderful. And so that Mother and Dad may shop together, the store is open until 10 o'clock every evening. For toys the youngsters dream about, visit New England Doll and Novelty Company, 174 Washington Street, near State Street in Boston. A separate wholesale division for dealers. Well, that's something to know. <clears throat> now, I think in line with that, it'll be time for our pre-Christmas bedtime story. 
All the right. kids just <clears> come <throat> to take their naps now, Uncle Ray. Good afternoon, boys and girls, and uh, you adults who happen to be listening in. This afternoon, I've found a little story for you. It's a fairy tale. It's called... Excuse me, what is it called? Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Goldilocks and these here Three Bears. I'll hold your cigar, Uncle Ray. Okay, little Ned. Okay, get locked down in front of the radio and we'll tell you this here story. You see, Goldilocks... Uh, Goldilocks is a girl and she has pretty golden hair. And uh, she lives with her mommy and her daddy in a big house. And one day, Goldilocks tired of all this for them. She went out to seek romance and adventure in a mining town out west. Did she marry Carl Swenson? No, probably well, Al. So she might through these hill woods and kept tripping along merrily. That's strictly a trade gag. Yes. And uh, finally she was, uh, she was come up to this here house that's made out of gingerbread. I think. Why was it made out of gingerbread? I don't know, uh, Ned. But it was made out of gingerbread and had wonderful icing all over it. Oh. So she licked the shutters a little and then decided to enter this here house. Meanwhile, did she open the door before she entered it? Yes, I'm glad you brought that up, little Ness. She opened the door like this. Uh-huh. Uh, let's take it from line three again. Green, you'll never be big time. She opened the door, did she, Uncle Ray? No. Yes, you did. <laughs> so then she stepped in, and uh, this this here house belonged to three bears. Why? They, well, they lived there. The daddy bear, the mama bear, and the baby bear. Now, mama bear had just dreamed up a wonderful breakfast of gruel. Oh, boy. And Do I a, love that. There was a big bowl of gruel for the old man, and a medium-sized bowl of gruel for mama, and a little teeny itsy-bitsy bowl for junior. That all she served up for breakfast, gruel? You eat cruel? That's all you want for breakfast. It's cruel. What? It's cruel. No, it's gruel. That's what I say. Gruel is cruel. I'll have to interrupt the story for a late bulletin. Leave the studio immediately. Okay. I'll be quiet, Uncle Ray. Go ahead with your story. I'm getting interested, you know. So this, uh, so, uh, she looks at the big bowl. She says, I think I'll try that. So she takes the spoon and, uh, dips in and takes a mouthful and it's too hot. So then she skips down the other end of the table, down to Mama's place, and takes a bowl of that. You're not got much cooperation from your organist, are you? No, nah, he's nowhere. See, he's patting that little monkey that's chained to the organ. <laughs> so what happens on the story? <laughs> So then, uh, she tried uh, the, the gruel that was for Mama, and it was too cold. So then she uh, saw this little ball down at the other end, the three ends of this table. And she runs way down there, and it's the baby ball's gruel. And she tried that, and it was just right. She ate it all up. How much time have I got left? Several minutes. Well, this story's really long, you know. I wish somebody w would interrupt me. I ain't gonna. Okay, so then she runs down, she tried that, and it was wonderful, so she ate it all up. So then she went into the living room. Their kids with three chairs, a big one, a middle-sized one, and a little one. She sat in the big one, whoops, too hard. And she went, she sat in the middle-sized one, whoops, too soft. Then she went to the little one, whoops, just right. And she started to rock back and forth. Suddenly, it gave way, and she fell to the floor, and a mother is smash. And the chair was walloped to smithereens. And then, just then, the door opened, huh? No, she went upstairs. 
And uh, she saw three beds, the big bed for daddy bear, medium-sized bed for mama bear, and a little bed for baby bear. So she climbed up on the... She couldn't, as a matter of fact, get up on daddy bear's bed because it was too big. But she went to the mama's bed and it was too soft. And she went to the baby... The baby bear's bed it was just right. She fell sound asleep. She'd been sleeping about two hours. But suddenly, our... The bears came home. The daddy bear, the mama bear, and the baby bear. And, uh, here, Bob, will you read this line I wrote for you, just so you keep in this thing? I'm waiting for my part to come up where I play the triangle. All right. So she fell sound asleep, and the daddy bear came home, and the mother bear, and the baby bear, and the daddy bear said, somebody's been eating my gruel. And the mother bear, oh, I can't, this is much too long. What happens is this, Frank. I'll hit it anyway. What, well, I'll bring you right up to date, uh, to save time and trouble. Uh, the butler committed the murder, and Goldilocks went up on a bad rap. Thank you, and good night. She's still up there? Yes. Well, that was a great story. I'm glad you liked it. I really enjoyed that, too, fellas. Well, I, I get a sandwich, he gives me a, a solo on I haven't, haven't heard a bedtime story like that for an awful long time. You know, Christmas is coming. There are only 16 more shopping days before Christmas Eve. Now, to simplify... Christmas Eve? I guess it does. To simplify your gift-giving for the perfect success of bringing pleasure to all. Just take our advice, and that's to make a list of all your loved ones, near friends, with the promise that you'll give them all. New England's traditional gift of goodness, and of course, we mean Cynthia Sweets chocolates. See, Cynthia Sweets hand-fashioned chocolates have been the family treat, a delight to eat, for over 50 years. They have, they have. Cynthia Sweets chocolates are always welcome with pleasure, because they're quality and unique, delicious recipes are always in perfect good taste. Yeah, they are. They are friends, really. For the yeah, most discriminating, only fresh dairy, butter, eggs, and cream go into Cynthia Sweets chocolates. Well, only sounds good enough to eat. Only the choicest of nut meats and fruits. And Cynthia Sweets special chocolate coating is beyond imitation and beyond clear. It's made anyone leatherette. So remember, ask for the gay Christmas-wrapped boxes of Cynthia Sweets chocolates and Miss Cynthia chocolates at your nearest drugstore or your favorite candy counter. Give the beautiful Cynthia Sweets package handsomely done up in Christmas red cellophane. Yes, give Cynthia Sweets chocolates to everyone on your list for Christmas, and you're sure to bring down the roof to bring joy and satisfaction because... Cynthia Sweets chocolates have been the first choice of Santa Claus at Christmas time for over 50 years. We're taken out of Washington for an on-the-scene commentary by the Bob and Ray commentator, Lyle Gum Jr. Thank you very much. There's nothing particularly exciting going on in Washington today. Thank you, Lyle Gum Jr. And so I return you now to our Boston studio. Here in Boston, we call upon the 365th Field Artillery Band and ask them their second selection. What is it called, Commander? Yes, yes. yes. It's yes, yes. No! no.
going to happen now? Are we going to sing that one? Excuse me, Bob. May I have a Chesterfield, please? Sure. Thank you very much. You are? Certainly grateful to you, Claire. Are you going to, uh... Uh, yes. Why don't we sing, and could we make some arrangements whereby we could both read the same lyrics, Bob? Well, I don't know. That's going to be kind of difficult. You need the music, Green? Right. Of course you don't. Bill, uh... Bill can play about music. After all, he's been trained that way. You've been trained without music. You can train to play by ear, and it sounds better that way. All right, here we go. Your lips tell me no, no, but there's Jessica's in your eyes. I've been missing your kissing just because I wasn't wise. Cause I realize Your lips tell me No, no But there's yes, yes In your you two fellas for our unit opening at Lowe's Polite Theater. Last chance uh, Saskatchewan next Monday. If you can make it, Let's get up there. For the Christmas season, we're booking you into the Lowe's Polite Theater in Death South. Right. It'll be a big week out there. I'd like to have all of our friends drop. Well, it would appear, Bob, that uh, you and I have run a spring out of this. I believe we have for the day. Tomorrow, another exciting chapter in the life of Clarence McGaffigan, the cop. As well as features, we'll hear from Ben Magoon, I believe, again. Thank you, Bob. She didn't have much to say today. Bill Green, Ken Will at the piano and organ. Good afternoon, friends. No, we're all well, through. We're all through, Mary. It's been so long since I've had this opportunity to We're talk just to saying you. goodbye. What? We're just saying goodbye. Well, my watch must have stopped, Bob. Yes, it did. Be here on time tomorrow, huh? Oh, for the land's sakes. And I was going to give a receipt today. Yeah, I'll save it. Save oh. it for tomorrow. That nail Bob and Ray came to you and comes to you and will come to you, baby, from WHDH in the city of Boston. Hey, look, Bert, you've been wonderful. You know what I mean? Hey, look, keep working. I mean, if you find work right, that, uh... Oh, stuff like that. Hey, by your thumbs and whatnot. And there you have it. Another great episode of Bob and Ray. Next week, our show of shows will be back with another exciting episode of Old Time Radio. Uh, We think we're probably doing uh, a Gene Shepard show soon, and there's a Saint show in the works. So stay tuned, and right if you get work.